episode seven. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to World of Art Form Podcast. This is, of course, your host, Bryce Broussard. And if you made it even this far into the podcast, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and just giving us a bit of your day. I want to do a flashback, a quick flashback to an episode prior. Oh, no, 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 not an episode prior. The prior episode to the episode prior, episode five, where if you remember at the early stages of that conversation, it damn near sounded like I was on my knees begging for this person to come on to the podcast and, you know, share her story. And it's just like, I I got her. She's here. And I'm really happy she's here because I know she's going to have a lot of cool things to say and a lot of cool things to share with y'all. And it's going to be fun and it's going to be cool and it's going to y'all going to like it, you know. So I'm very happy to introduce my dear friend to the podcast, Tia Madison. Tia, what is going on? Hello, I'm so happy to be here. So excited to finally be on the esteemed WOA. Oh, please. I am so excited. Esteemed. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm blessing over esteemed. here, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I don't, I don't. World renowned. All world of the above. Renowned. Yes. I thought it was renowned. You were alive. Oh, it could be. I'm a little drunk too. It's okay. <laughs> it's one of them. All I know is, all I know is, this is going to be worldwide. Guys, like, stop me if you've heard this before, but. I'm not going to lie, y'all. We're a little bit drunk right now. So <laughs> if, if we make mistakes like this, bear with us. Because, again, we are not in the proper state of mind right now. But but we're still going to deliver like we always deliver on World of Art Form podcast. So, Tia, I wanted to thank you. I've, I, I did it privately already i'm doing it public right now and i'm going to say it privately and publicly for so so many more times so just be prepared for that but i do want to thank mm-hmm. you for hopping onto the podcast because you didn't have to do this but you did anyways and i'm really really excited because i feel like you have a lot of things that you can share because much like and shouts out to scotty too i feel like much like him you've been around just as long as he's been around and you're still doing what it is that you love. And to me, I feel like the fact that you're still going strong, even to this present day, is an accomplishment in and of itself that warrants a conversation. So I'm really happy to have this conversation with you. On top of the fact that like, you just be doing the damn thing too, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you're good at what you at what you do, and you've done Thanks. it for a long time. So I feel like there's a lot of conversation to be had off of that and off of that alone. So again, thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So I, I guess I want to start at the root of everything with you, and I guess my question is what drew you to modeling at such an early age because i i talked to christian about this too and it's something that i said on the podcast i'm like 
getting a picture taken of yourself mm-hmm. it's one of the scariest things that you could do right like mm-hmm. and not a lot of people talk about that but i feel like that's very prevalent to many 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 people but for mm-hmm. you it's a really young age that you started and said hey like i want photos taken of myself for the rest of my life you know like i want that to be my career and i mm-hmm. feel like that's a uh what's i uh, what's a better word to say it's a bold not bold uh i have a word but i'm not going to use it on this podcast it's a very bold thing to say right mm-hmm. um and and to feel <clears throat> what what drew you to feeling that way oh so I'm going to take it all the way back. We can go all the way back to like sixth grade. This was back before I had even gone natural. So I still had perms in my head, like getting the fresh set with the curlers, all that good stuff. And I remember this was back when, you know, our parents had the little digital, you know, cameras, the Kodaks, the Canons, the Sonys, like all of that. And I remember maybe a couple days after I got my hair done, my mom called me downstairs with her camera and she was like, Tia, come on, let's take some pictures that we can send to some agencies. Cause I really think you can model. And I was like, I mean, okay, like cool, whatever. So my mom's snapping away with her little digital camera. And then we upload the pictures, send it off, um, send them off to maybe like three or four agencies. And we didn't hear anything back ever. And my mom was surprised, but honestly, I already knew that was going to be the case. Because in sixth grade, I was ugly as shit. <laughs> like, I already knew no agency was going to be out there, you know, trying to sign this little buck tooth, funny looking little girl who had not hit puberty yet. So I was like, you know, whatever. But it did put the bug in my mind that, you know, modeling was still something that I could do one day. So now um, we're in high school. And this was, you know, around the time that I actually like really started getting into it with the shoots and everything. And for me, modeling kind of happened because I really want, like I started out having like an interest in or a passion for photography. And what stopped me from really like, you know, trying to dig into that some more was the fact that photography equipment is expensive as hell. And me being like a sophomore, you know, rising junior in high school, it was just not giving me at like, you know, 15, 16 could run out and go buy myself a camera. Like that was not happening. But I knew I still wanted to have like a hand in the creative process and like, you know, really play a role in bringing somebody's image to life. And for that, you know, that happened to be modeling. So I got my first start with um, our fan favorite from, I think that was episode five that we said, shouts out to Scotty Shots. Christian, real DSD one shit. I would not be the model that I am today if it were not for him because he was literally the one who had hit me up. Um, this was, I think, our junior year of high school. He hit me up. He was like, hey, Tia, like, I'm trying to shoot. Like, are you down? Are you interested? Mind you, I'd never done a photo shoot before in my life. I was just very much so like, honestly, like, let's try this modeling shit and see how it goes. And at the time, like, I didn't even consider it to be modeling because I'm very intentional about like intentional about um not assigning you know labels or titles or things you know of that sort if I don't feel like they've been earned at that point in time like Christian was a photographer I was not a model I was just 
a subject that he had decided he wanted to shoot at that time. You know what I'm saying? So we did it. And oh, my voice. Jesus. We did it. And <laughs> get off my ass. That shit was terrible. <laughs> I was going to try to escape that. Oh, shit. That would kind of hurt a little Couldn't bit. Couldn't get that one past me. I'm sorry. I felt that in my chest, Jesus. We can edit that if you want to. <laughs> no, nah, fuck it. They gonna right. hear it all. There we go. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> we <laughs> all right. So we did our first shoot. Um, it went well, given that it was my first shoot. But looking back, of course, you know it was a piece of shit compared to like everything that I've done since. But I left feeling like really capable in the fact that you know not only was modeling something that I could actually do and, you know, be good at after I refined it a little bit, but it was also something that I really enjoyed. So ever since then, I, I guess it was kind of like I got bit with like the shoot bug and like everywhere I could, I guess for senior year, like every time Christian was doing a shoot, like I was always on his ass about like, yo, like what you trying to do next? Like I'm trying to shoot. What's up? What concepts you trying to shoot? Like, woo, woo. And, um, I remember we actually did like a really cute series at the end of my senior year I think it was like a uh, senior year of high school and I think it was right before I was about to graduate or maybe right after I had graduated but um yeah he and I like we just we were really like we created a lot of magic to uh with each other so I really appreciate him for that and like I said after working with him like I got bit and I you know what am I trying to say I guess from then on out like I was really just dead set on shooting and getting better and really trying to like groom myself to be you know a professional model one day and shouts out to scotty once again uh Real. episode five if you haven't checked that out i highly recommend that you do that was a really incredible episode that scotty talked a lot about his personal journey and his world of photography and world of modeling if you haven't tuned into that I highly suggest that you should it was a really good one so shouts out to him um and it's really cool to we kind of talked about this offline but how some of these podcasts the the worlds kind of collide and mm -hmm. this was definitely like the first moment for me where that felt to be the case where two interviewees just the worlds definitely collide and where we talk about each other. So that was really cool that you brought that up. You talked about talked about your mom seeing something in you, just like, oh, see, I think you could be a little model. Like you said, sixth or seventh grade. I'm I'm curious mm -hmm. to know if part of that bug that bit you with modeling and everything about it, if it had anything to do with that that feeling that was like oh so this is what my mom saw in me you know because mm. i feel like one of the one of the coolest things about this podcast so far in the early stages it's just how supportive and how involved the parents have been in this and i feel like i keep saying and saying it because like it's so cool to me because not everybody has really afforded that how parents can see something in you parents can invest something in you to pursue passions that are not traditional by any sense you know so I, I I'm curious to know like if that if any of that was just like 
a part of you when actually getting started and working with Scotty and seeing the results, if any of that was like, oh, so this is what my mom was talking about. Um, <clears throat> I will say that it wasn't consciously, but it probably always was un unconsciously because it really wasn't until like I was thinking about, you know, modeling and where the root of it for me really came from that I remembered like, oh yeah, my mom did try to take some digitals of me to send to agencies and they came out pissed poor. But you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't really even think about that or like remember that until I started thinking about, you know, this podcast. So I'm sure that, um, the energy from that was probably like always within me, you know, and I just never really knew it or like tapped into it like that. But, um, throughout, you know, these few years of me, like really like committing to modeling and like really, um, just like committing to making this dream of mine a reality. Like my mom has always, without a doubt, been 100% supportive of me and like pursuing this dream and has always had enough faith in me to make this dream a reality. Like even during times where I was not believing in it, you know, myself, like my mom has always, always been my rock and still continues to be during this day. As for my dad, um, <laughs> he was a different story. He he more so played the role of like the supportive um, parent, but was also in the back of my ear like, okay, but you know you can't make no career out of this, right? You know you're going to have to go to school still, right? You know you're going to have to do this other shit, right? Like, you know it may not go your way, right? And he was just always kind of, um, you know, like, what's the word? uh, whatever. He was just always kind of like on the fence about me, you know, about modeling being more than a hobby and actually being something that could make me some money one day until I got my first publication. And then I got my second publication and then my third, my fourth, my fifth, 10th, 12th, 13th. And that's when he kind of jumped on, you know, the bandwagon with me and my mom was like, okay, like you really got something cooking up right here. Like go ahead and do what you got to do. You know, you have my full faith, my full support. So, um, for my mom, you know, it was pretty consistent support wise. And like, I definitely got a lot of, um, you know, the wind beneath my wings from her. And then, you know, towards the second half of my career was when like my dad sort of jumped on with that too. And that's cool. And, and, and shout out to Pops, because sometimes you got to show people the money to let people know that you can get the money. You know, so, you know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes we can turn non-believers into believers. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we can make that Indeed. happen, you know, when especially when you as cold with it as you are, you know, like that's not an issue, you know, but that's super cool. You know, it, it just sounds like something that was something that was just kind of like meant to be for you. And that's really cool. So I, I do want to segue into the publications i think you said you've been published 13 different times it's either 13 or 14 yeah, so <laughs> it's so we'll many it's so I'm many now we're gonna go with 14 we're gonna go with 14 <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna put yourself over a little bit more than the 13 would right so you've been published 14 times that we're locking that in america like that's that's the number you know and i'm i'm really curious to see it's just like we've heard how you've started and how all of that transpired. And then to just look at all of that present day and to be published 14 different times, one of which is by Vogue Italia. And I don't shout out to all my fashion people. Shout out to all my people that read Vogue, Vogue and whatnot. You'll know like that is not a 
easy feat at all, especially dealing with Vogue Italia, very arguably the A publication within the Vogue umbrella, very controversial, very artistic, very focused on aesthetic. So it takes quite a lot to get into that realm and to get Vogue Italia's attention. You know, you've been able to do that along with other different publications along the way. Um, I'm really curious as to how those moments always hit you whenever they're whenever they come. Mm. Honestly, the first one hit the most for me because obviously it was the first one, but that was like my confirmation that I could really like do this. And it was also my green light to make me feel like I could start charging. <laughs> like charging people to shoot me, work with me, like that sort of thing. So after that first one, I was like, oh yeah, we locked in. Like we finna do this shit for real, like for real, for real. And it also hit different because I distinctly remember like when um, I was like really just itching to shoot like with anybody anywhere. Um, I also ran into a lot of like photographers who, you know, would hit me with the, oh, you trying to be a model? It's not going to happen. You can't do this. You think you're going to get published, baby girl? It's not in your cards. Like you may as well hang it up now. And I don't know like what it was. I do know what it was because I would get hit with that. And then I'd be like, all right, bet. So now I got to show you just how I'm about to do this shit. And I got to do it in your face. So after I got my first publication, I felt like, oh yeah, like, F you, F you, F you, like I'm going to go do this shit again and again and again and again to really make you feel me. So the first one kind of like set me up on that high. Second one came along and I was very much so like, oh, yeah, like I can really do this. Like, this is great. And then after the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, you know, like they all just kind of like started going like that, but a little bit less and less. I all I really just took them all as like um, just reminders or like small confirmations of the fact that this was something that I could really do. And um, by the last one, which was Vogue Italia, that one, you know, like it's like all the middle ones, you know, were meaningful, but nothing ever really touches the first one, you know, the way that the first one felt or the way that the second one felt. So by Vogue Italia being the 13th or the 14th, by then, you know, the energy had kind of like died down for me, but I ended up having like almost a come to Jesus moment with myself about it because leading up to that shoot that, you know, ended up getting published, I had just been feeling like really down and out with regards to my work. I wasn't really feeling like, um, my work was getting, you know, the attention that I felt like it deserved. And I also felt like I wasn't really, um, the model who I wanted to be. To the point that I was very, very close to just kind of like throwing in the towel and like a lot of the thoughts regarding like, oh, you know, maybe modeling isn't for me or maybe I'm just not for modeling or like maybe this isn't really in my cards the way that I've been feeling like it, you know, has been for all these years. And I was just getting tired and I just, you know, was getting real tired of feeling like all my efforts were for nothing. So I distinctly remember after, you know, like my pictures were submitted to Vogue Italia, the um, morning that I had woke up. And like checked, you know, to see if I had gotten published. I prayed to God and I was like, God, look, your girl's getting tired. Okay. And if this is really something that you have decided to be for me, 
then let me get be let me getting published in Vogue Italia be a sign of that. Let it be confirmation. Let it be the motivation that I need to keep going. And guess what? If it doesn't happen, I will wrap this shit up right now, <laughs> and Tia the model will be no more. And lo and behold, you know, 9 a.m. hit. I'm checking the Vogue Italia website, and there I see my picture. And that was like very, very emotional, probably more emotional than the first photo shoot, you know, that I ended up getting published because this was like all the confirmation that I needed that I was on the right track and that, you know, as long as I keep going, I will see the results that I need to see. So Vogue Italia was like super special for me, not only because it's fucking Vogue Italia, but because of everything it represents from my relationship with God to, you know, his revealing to me that this is something I'm supposed to be doing. And then me also, you know, always referring back to it as proof and motivation that I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> it makes me, it makes me want to know just like the hardships that you've dealt with just throughout this journey that you just described. Um, how much of that, deals with the space that you're in and you could take that very broadly um as specific as you'd like it to be whether it be geographical things that are in your space in terms of people or environments or situations how much of your space do you feel like is a reflection in how you feel about your work the work that ultimately gets put out, the consistency of the work, like how, for you, how important is your space to modeling? Hmm. I feel like, um, I feel like it's always been very important, but at the same time, like, it's only so important because at the end of the day, like whatever city I'm in, I'm going to get a shoot in. Like, <laughs> it don't matter if, how, when, or where, like, I'm gonna make that shit happen. And, you know, being in Houston, that was where I really kind of like, you know, kickstarted my modeling career. But at the same time, like, DC was re really where I got into like the thick of things because, you know, shooting around Houston was me getting my feet wet and establishing myself as like a capable model who can pose, you know, is relatively comfortable comfortable in front of a camera and that sort of thing. And then once I got to DC, and, you know, I got paid for my first photo shoot. That was like the game changer for me. And, you know, how I regarded myself as a model and how I presented myself to photographers who I wanted to shoot with and like all of these things. So I guess going from Houston to D.C. and now to New York, where I'm currently living now, um, Houston was very much so, you know, exactly like I said, like that's where I got my start. That's where I put my roots down. That's where I, you know, got involved with the photography community, the modeling community and all of those things. But at the same time, and I feel like Christian touched on this shit, um, and shout out to him too, again. <laughs> I feel like Christian touched on this in his uh, episode about how you kind of outgrow the city that you started in. And Houston will always have, you know, the biggest place in my heart because at the end of the day, like nothing will ever change that, you know, change the fact that Houston is home. But I did feel like I kind of like saw all that I needed to see from you know the Houston photography scene and there will always be creatives who you know I will hit up and try to get you know a shoot in every time I come home and you know creatives from Houston who I still have a relationship with to this day but 
I could just tell, like, you just know as, you know, a creative when it's time to move on and it's time to move on to something different. And I don't even necessarily want to say bigger because it's not really about size, but it's just, you know, it's just, it'll be time for a new space, you know? And for me, a lot of that was coming to DC and then, you know, really, you know, I guess like fielding out the photography landscape in DC, the DMV in general, because I was absolutely on trains all up in Virginia, all up in Baltimore, all up in parts of the city. I have no business being in just trying to chase a photographer. You feel me? So, um, I kind of had the same realization with DC too. I felt like, um, you know, I kind of got all the tools that I could out of that city during my time, you know, that I was at Howard. And then I always, even from the time that I got to Howard, my sights were always set on New York. So it feels like everything that I experienced shoot wise, creative wise in Houston was in preparation for New York. Everything that I experienced in DC was in preparation for New York. And now I'm here and you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So now my sights are 100% set on making it in this city and just, you know, getting my shoots in where I can, making connections where I can, and still, um, you know, having the relationships and um, the network that has supported me and uplifted me this far to keep pushing me forward. Most definitely. You talked a lot about the photography landscape throughout all of that. I want to touch a bit on that as well i talked to christian you're just gonna get about like 15 different shout outs in this podcast so yeah so i don't know if i should just have like a solidified shouts out to christian part of the segment or just continue just say your name but fuck it we're just gonna continue to say your name right um and i and i was talking to him just kind of like about the model and photography relationship that's coming from somebody who does both for you on your end. What in particular do you really look for when sizing up photographers and continuing to want to work with them? Well, two things come to mind. The first is vision. And the second is um, I guess like the way that a photographer is able to capture me. So when I say vision, there, you know, they're obviously like really good, really great photographers. And then they're like the eh, like works in progress photographers. And um, I feel like even, you know, a lot of the work in progress photographers need their shots too. But what really separates, um, you know, the works in progress from the goods and the greats. And even so, like, I feel like some of the works in progress can already kind of be up there with like the goods and the greats for real, because I feel like the defining factor for them is the vision that they have. And I feel like that can be identified just by like seeing a photo that someone has taken. And I feel like you can kind of tell when like something is shot with intention as opposed to when it's just shot for the hell of it. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody just taking this picture and they editing it just because, you know, oh, I shot this. It's cool. I'm going to post it. But like, I feel like photography requires more intention than that. Like it's about creating an image and like recreating an image that you see with your own eye that you want to replicate and, you know, have somebody else be able to see and feel the same exact things that you felt when you saw that image before you even shot it, you know? So <clears throat> I look for that. 
And then the second thing I said was how a photographer is able to capture me. And um, it's not, you know, I feel like, and this is something, you know, I guess this is a segue into something that I feel like I have to work on and will probably always have to work on as a model, quite frankly, because at the end of the day, I feel like a model should be able to be captured by any photographer, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like there are certain photographers that I've worked with who are able to capture me better than others. Like some of them, I just kind of like mesh with off, you know, off rip and he or she is just, you know, just syncs with me. And, you know, I get their angles and I give them the poses that they're looking for. And then they're able to shoot me, you know, at the angles that are most flattering to me and the angles that I like to be shot at the most, you know what I'm saying? So when you can kind of have that like symbiotic, like harmonious relationship with a photographer, um, that's something that I really, really value. And I have not, you know, I don't get that with just anybody. And that's not really something that I can, you know, spot in a photographer until we're literally in the middle of shooting and I'm going through, you know, the raw unedited images and I'm either like, oh, this person doesn't know how to capture me for shit. <laughs> or it'll be like, wow, like this person shoots me the way that I would shoot myself. And one more shout out. I'm gonna give this one to my longtime friend, Tupac Zakur. He was actually the first person who shot me and gave me that feeling of like, wow, this person captures me like no other. Like he truly made me feel like a muse. And like, I didn't even know that I could be somebody's muse until um, Sakur. So shout out to him. But uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely look for, um, you know, the vision that a photographer has. And then of course their ability to shoot me. Sorry, ambulance is just kind of like mm -hmm. driving by. It's gone. All right, it's going. Yeah, no, that's and shouts out to him. I I've I've heard people talk a lot about particularly photographers into how they get the images that they get. And a lot of that, at least they say, comes from what happens off camera and making mm -hmm. them feel as comfortable as they can possibly be. That way things come off as natural as they can possibly be at the timing of the shoot. So you said you won't ever get a, you won't ever know until you see the raw edited versions if you, until you realize that this person can shoot me the way that I would shoot myself. Mm -hmm. But do you get the, do you get the idea as to whether somebody could do that just based off of what happens prior to you guys actually shooting just based off of conversations that you have and how how things flow prior to a camera even being pulled out um actually yeah so my thing when i shoot um i'm really big on like not taking I'm not going to say not taking direction because I can always take direction, but I'm really big on like not being directed, you know, through every single pose. Like when I shoot, I like to flow. I treat it like a dance. You know what I'm saying? Like constantly in motion, like just moving. And you as the photographer, you just got to have your camera ready and hope that you catch it. You feel me? And um, in conversations with a photographer, you know, if, you know, it comes up that, oh, you know, he has this, or he or she, you know, has this mood board of poses that they're going to want me to hit, you know, specifically, or if they send me a link to a Pinterest board of like, 
60 something poses that they're expecting from the shoot. That's kind of like my hint that this probably is not going to go, you know, as well as I think it's going to go because, you know, some shoots that's necessary and some shoots, you know, you benefit from that kind of structure and that kind of direction. But I feel like the best shoots come from when the model is just flowing and the photographer is just kind of there to capture it. So um, usually once we get to talking about mood boards and posing ideas and posing inspo and all these things, that's kind of where you start to lose me because it's like, I'm not here to recreate what somebody else has already done. I'm here to create something new. And you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like, I guess that's one of the only things that will make me feel like, you know, this probably isn't going to go the way that I would like for it to. <laughs> so that's a, that's a FYI for all you photographers out there, for all you creative directors <laughs> out there that try and get a hold of Tia Madison, try and do a shoot and whatnot. If you if you send a Pinterest board her way, if you send a picture of a pose her way, burn that hard drive. She's not paying attention to that shit, right? <laughs> burn, down for ideas burn that hard shit. drive. She's got this. <laughs> nah, I, I got you. You, you. I got you. Burn that hard drive. She don't want to see that shit, God. <laughs> she don't want to see that shit. <laughs> you know? So. Do a little something to humor you, but after that, let me take the wheel. <laughs> let me Well, you've I I forgot about this until I, I started doing. I'll be doing research on on the people that I bring bring in, right? Okay. As much knowledge mm -hmm. as I have, or whatever. I I forgot <laughs> that you've been doing like solo photo shoots. It's like you the one shooting, you the one editing, you the one posing, you the one doing all all credits go to you how's that been how have you been enjoying it uh, honestly it has been great so going back to that time i told you about with um you know the time right before i got published with both italia where i was just feeling like um you know, my confidence with this modeling stuff was just really shot honestly and i was just kind of like losing passion for it losing drive for it um all that good stuff um, shooting myself and shooting my own pictures has really helped me get back into the swing of things with modeling confidence wise and also technique wise, because I would also, um, just kind of like really beat myself up and just critique myself like nobody's business about my photos not coming out the way that I wanted them to like the way that, you know, a certain pose would be looking in my head, it would get shot and it would not look you know, at all, like what it was giving in my mind. And um, I knew that something about that, you know, there was a disconnect between what I'm trying to, you know, accomplish posing wise or shoot wise, period, and, you know, the execution of it all. So in shooting myself, my goal was <clears throat> to give back some of that passion that I had from creating an image and like bringing something in my head to life. And also like really refining my ability to pose, my ability to flow in movements and in posing and, um, you know, like things of that nature. So it's really helped me get more in tune with my body, get more in tune with my art um, and really like regain a lot of confidence in my ability to do the things that I do, not only in modeling, but, you know, expanded to photography and expanded to editing. So it's just helped me become, you know, a better creative all around that's that's super cool and jesus christ these freaking ambulances man are you able to hear it from i 
can, but like I feel like there's some sort of little like dance party going on upstairs in my place. So I don't know if you can hear I can't that, hear that. I heard a okay. dog, but that's about all I heard. Yeah, you may hear a baby too. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> welcome to New York, Tyro. Yeah, I feel that. Um <laughs> I smooth forgot what I was gonna say, you know. So <laughs> I guess we should stop this recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> um hold on let me think of something on the fly um freaking ambulances man um oh no that reminds me because like i do have a question though because it's like i feel like for a lot of people we talked about this offline as well when you're in something for so long especially at our age it's hard to it's hard <clears throat> for people to stick to it and maintain that it's one of the reasons that i wanted christian on is because he's Shouts out to Christian again, you know, because he's he's just been steadfast in his approach of creating for years now. And you've been on the same kind of time when the years add up. How does. What what is it about the inspiration that just kind of makes you keep going, because that's what this sounded like, what a lot of the self shots were like the self directed self edited all that stuff and just just for the record whatever it's worth i thought just looking throughout all your work like that was some of the coolest shit that you've done like up to this point Mm. like all the stuff where it was all you like i had i thought it was really dope work right and it's really cool to hear a lot of that just came from trying to rediscover parts of yourself your skill and growing on top of that and learning how to become inspired again with the work talk to me about the inspiration about things about modeling itself after being this far into the game for you Mm. well i feel like um my main inspiration right now is the fact that i have done this for so long and for so many years that i'll be damned if i stop you know, right before I'm supposed to achieve what I'm in this game to achieve. And um, for the record, that is a modeling contract. Okay. And I have, um, uh, I have had conversations with agencies before and they have been decent conversations, but I'm not looking for decent. If I go hard with the agency stuff, I'm trying to go for the big names and the big names only. Like the boutique agencies and the local agencies are cool, but my sights are set on something bigger and I feel like God has more in store for me than something, you know, like that. So that is my end game. And even that is not the end game. That's something that, you know, once I get there, then it's just going to unlock a new level of grind. But um, aside from that, <clears throat> being the inspiration, um, it's also just been like, Everybody says that modeling is easy. You know, you just stand in front of the camera and you just pose and you just, you know, do this and you do that. But it is not, it is not that. Modeling involves so much technique. It involves, honestly, I kind of like consider it to be similar to acting in the sense that like actors, you know, you are hired to convey an emotion. You are hired to make somebody believe in this story that you are telling. And when you have a picture taken of you, you are supposed to be conveying an emotion and you are supposed to be telling a story. And um, honestly, like a lot of uh, my insecurity in my modeling, you know, in my photo shoots and that sort of thing came from me kind of looking at my own work and being like, damn, like, I don't feel like it's giving anything. I don't feel like I'm telling a story. I don't feel like I'm, you know, conveying an emotion. Like, I feel like I'm just like, I'm just shooting. 
And that too kind of like triggered me to step back and, you know, reevaluate how I'm approaching this and um, really kind of like sparked my journey of like shooting myself, quite frankly, because like I said, like I really kind of took that on to refine my tools and on my own time. Um, I'm trying to think what else inspires me. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, I guess just always being in pursuit of something greater. And then also um, seeing all these models who are out here doing their thing now, like, I just feel like if they can do it, I can absolutely do it. So, yeah. Can you hear me now? I'm still drunk, guys. I'm sorry. I had my microphone <laughs> off and my microphone should have been on. But she said it. You little mom and pop shops. You little boutique spots. You come with a little modeling contract. Burn that hard drive. She's not okay. talking to you. All right. Just like, okay. just, it's all right. You know, like. We we can move forward, you know, <laughs> but I have one last question to you and I'll probably wrap after this. And it was really a pleasure having you on. And I felt like one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you was because I was reminded of a conversation that we had years ago. And I don't know if you remember it, but I feel like you were, I, I feel like you remember the story of it nonetheless. I was going, I told you I'd be doing my research on the people that I bring in and whatnot. And I was just going through all the different shots that you did. And what I realized was there was a certain point in your post where things fundamentally looked different. Your post looked different, came off different. And it reminded me of a conversation that we had years ago about how you wanted to feel like more of yourself and what you were posting and posting what you actually wanted to post as opposed to posting what you thought the modeling and the photography world and the influencer world wanted to see you post. I guess I'll end this interview just with what you remember about that time frame, thinking like that, and looking back on that now, how much that has helped you. Maybe if it is, uh, maybe if it is, it, 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 <laughs> we just one. we just fucking up words. <laughs> but but how? Even if it isn't professionally how that's helped you, mentally, spiritually, how has that frame of thought helped you? Mm. Mentally, spiritually, it has done numbers for my sense of self and also how I regard myself as a creative because it's like we say all day long, like, oh, it's just social media, like, it doesn't matter. And like, it's true. But I got to a point where 
the numbers that I was doing on social media was like fucking up my frame of mind. Like I felt like the work I was putting out, you know, whether it be modeling or whether it just be like selfies, like it was not doing the numbers that it used to do back when, you know, my freshman year, my sophomore year of, you know, college and everything when I was kind of like being the outside girl, like posting herself going out all the time, like in XYZ little fit, doing the little hot girl selfies, like all these things. Um, my numbers just weren't popping how they used to. And that really started like eating away at me. And I had to take away, you know, like the thoughts about what the numbers are doing to me and the thoughts of what, you know, um, social media is doing to me and really get down to the root of that, which is why do I feel like I need to be posting to get XYZ amount of likes back or get XYZ amount of interactions back in the first place? Like, if anything, I'm supposed to be posting what I feel good about, what makes me feel confident and what I'm proud of. And in saying that to you now, like it's easier said than done because it quite literally had to like call for a rewiring of the way that I regard social media and the way that I regard myself on social media. But what was born from that was me really sitting back and thinking about who I am, how I want to be perceived, and more importantly, how I perceive myself and how I want to make sure um, I am presenting myself. <clears throat> and that just kind of like sparred a journey of like self-exploration and just like really getting in tune with who I am and like having to come to Jesus moment with myself and being like, you are not an outside bitch no more. Baby girl, you are an introvert and you like to sit in the house and you like to sit and talk to your plants and play with crystals. And that's cool. And from there, I was like, you know what, bitch, you right. I sure do like to sit my ass in the house and talk to my plants and my crystals. And like from there, it was just about representing that authentically as me and like saying fuck the brand fuck the numbers fuck what instagram thinks about it i'm going to share this part of myself because it's the part of myself that i'm most proud of and the part of myself that i walk in the most so um yeah like i don't know like i feel like you kind of have to be real with yourself and you got to realize like maybe i am caring too much about this social media shit because at the end of the day it is not shit it do not matter okay like be authentic, post what you want, act how you want, or you don't got to post nothing at all. Like do whatever you feel like you should be doing. And as long as it's you, like that's really all that matters. Just make it authentic. Authenticity is key. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good for perspective because I think I'm from, I'm of the frame of mind where it's just like, I think it's easy for people to say, oh, it's just social media, you know, because whether it's digital or physical real life, Emotions are emotions, right? And there is no digital emotion and there is no physical emotion. An emotion is just an emotion, you know, that's what it is and you feel it from both levels. So I think that story for me always, always held like a certain weight, you know, just, just remembering it after all these years, just cause it's real and you're not the only person that has gone through this or will go through this. So I think it's just a really cool frame of mind where it's just like, if if some shit's just not gonna be popping in this digital world, it, it might as well be because you're as authentic as you can possibly be. And if people don't fuck with that, then people don't fuck with that. That don't matter because that shit make me happy. You know what I'm saying? So okay. it's like, yeah, so I'm, I'm right on board with you. And I felt like that was something that, 
people definitely could learn from just hearing that. So I'm really glad that you were able to retrace your steps and share that. And with that, that is, that's all I got for you, T. Is there anything else that you got to say that you want to get off your chest? Um. Oh, you know what? There is one thing that I want to say. Talk to me. Everybody who is trying to come up in this modeling game, I don't want to hear none of y'all ever saying again that you paid a photographer to shoot you. I do not want to hear that because literally I have been modeling for, you may be coming up on four and a half, if not five years now. And I kid you not, I have only paid a a photographer to shoot me two times. The second time was because we were just split in studio time because, you know, he's been a longtime friend of mine and he's at a point in his career where if he's shooting in studio, then he splits the cost of the studio time with the model. That's cool. I don't got no problem with that because I know he's going to guarantee me some good ass work that I'm going to feel good about. And the first time that I paid a photographer was the very first professional shoot that I did when I signed with a bootleg um, agency back in Houston that had no business taking any of my money because you're not supposed to pay agencies um, to sign you in the first place. And I paid them to shoot with one of their photographers. And that was just a scam in and of itself. But the fact of the matter is y'all should not be paying a photographer to shoot you because for every photographer, every one photographer who is out here talking about to work with them, you're going to have to pay them. There are three photographers out there who are just as good, if not better, who will shoot you for free. And it's on you to do the due diligence and do the research to find those photographers. And they are not difficult to find. It's a, It takes a couple little Instagram searches and just shoot them a couple DMs. And I promise you, somebody's going to get back to you and tell you that they are down to collab, that they will shoot you for free. They will help you build your portfolio for free. All of these things. I'm so tired of hearing y'all really getting talked about your money thinking that you have to pay these photographers to work with them because y'all, I promise you, you do not. Like I've gone, like I said, four and a half, almost five years of not paying nobody. Okay. And I'm not special. You like, that's not, you can do it without coughing up no bread. I promise you, you just got to make sure that you leave no stone unturned and tap in with everybody around you that you can tap in with because it's very possible. And I'm tired of y'all seeing y'all lose y'all money. So stop. (laughs) Hey, I'll, I'll just say this. Y'all heard how country that y'all was? She ain't bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to her. I'm tired. And not only are y'all getting talked about your bread, but y'all paying for pictures with watermarks on them. Mm-hmm. Your pictures should not have watermarks on them. Mm-hmm. Stop paying people for that. You don't go find somebody who will shoot you for free. Mm. Hmm. I feel that. Oh, I'm glad you got that off your chest, you know. And I, 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 yeah, you know, that seemed like something that was sitting on you, and now the people got the info, and you know, now that, okay. and now they're gonna have this little post on their little refrigerator. Where every time they think about paying a a photographer to shoot some shit, they're gonna be like, "I failed you, Tia Madison." Every time they do it, mm-hmm. you know, so that that's that's their problem now. They gotta live with that. You said your piece, <laughs> you know, so now they can either retain that info. Or they could just look at that refrigerator picture and say, I have failed you, Tia Madison. You know, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to fail Tia Madison. So don't say I ain't never teach y'all nothing. Don't say she ain't never exactly. teach y'all nothing. That's what <laughs> burn that hard drive if you a mom and pop contract. 
burn that hard drive. If you're talking about sending uh, some uh, some Pinterest boards and burn that hard drive every time you're trying to talk to a photographer and paying them to shoot your shit. Burn all them mm-hmm. hard drives. That's what we learned. That's going to be the name yes, of this sir. podcast. Burn that hard drive. Burn that hard drive. Burn that sure. hard drive. See you that. That's on what, babe? <laughs> Shut up. <That's> on. <laughs> hey, yo, I swear <laughs> America, she tried to get me on national this is going on spotify apple google y'all can google this podcast and she tried to get me live bro i'm this is the last time i'm talking to her y'all so this is history i had to, I had to do it you know i had to do it too. get out of here tia where can they find you on social media Y'all can find me on Instagram at Tia, T-I-A, Madison, M-A-D-I-S-O-N, dot, okay, JPEG, J-P-E-G. So, Tia Madison dot JPEG. Um, Twitter, y'all don't need that because I be talking shit on there. But, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and follow me. I'll be posting, you know, my modeling stuff. I post my plant babies, my crystals, um, more self-shoots coming soon. Okay, and just New York life. So, yeah, tap in. Follow her and send her as many Pinterest boards as you can possibly <laughs> find and just send them her way, right? Just do that. Well, I'll block the shit out, y'all. Just you better do it do for that. me. Tell her Bryce sent you and just send all them shits her way, man. Y'all know where to find me at this point. Bryce Broussard underscore on Twitter. Bryce Broussard under two underscores on Instagram. And you can follow at For Heaven's Sake on both Instagram and Twitter for all things Bryce, for all things 4HS, and all things World of Art Form. Tia. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. This it was, was a pleasure. No, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for sharing your insights sharing your stories and talking with little old me about your journey you know so it means a lot and that's going to conclude this episode guys um i told you last episode that i was going to try to figure out a close how to close i still don't know how to close this shit y'all so i'm just going to say go in peace go in love go in joy Until the next episode, I love y'all. World of Art Form is out. Love y'all. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Everything will be fine because he, he will return. He shall return. And there will be no more clout chasing. No more clout chasing in this here simulation. The fun house will be big. It will be bad. It will be strong. Yeah.